So what's up, Disrupt Nation? My name is Anthony Delgado, and today we have a really, really special guest, uh, incredible human being, uh, huge, huge disruptor, no pun intended, in the uh, New York and New Jersey real estate space. Um, he is uh, an entrepreneur. He has a history in urban culture. He has plugs into the music industry that we might even uh, touch on. Um, and he also runs a billion dollar uh, mortgage and real estate uh, company. Uh, and he is also uh, an expert in social media and marketing. And he's used uh, press and branding and uh, Instagram and everything in between to do everything from uh, host huge events uh, to you know, fill up rooms and then create opportunities for real estate and mortgage brokers uh, all throughout the East Coast. My really, really good friend, uh, Ralph D. Bugneri. Uh, Ralph, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me again. That was a, that was a good introduction. You do a better job than I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so let's talk about the, uh, before we get into your story, let's talk about what's actually happening in the world right now and, and how that's affecting uh, your business and the real estate industry as a whole. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of the great unknown. So I, I went through the, the crash of 2008, and, you know, most people know what that is at this point. Um, this is a lot different from that because that was a housing crisis, and this isn't necessarily a housing crisis, but it's having a, a pretty crazy effect on mortgage and real estate in general just because, you know, everything has stopped. Um, and what I saw happen over six to eight months last time in 2008, this time happened over like two weeks, mm-hmm. whereas everything just shut off. Um, a lot of the pro- a lot of like the products people were using to invest in real estate that were out there completely dried up immediately, especially for investors. Um, you know, it, that was, you know, last time we went through kind of a subprime market and that was like aggressive loans for um, people buying homes for themselves. What we've had over the last three years is really aggressive financing for people who wanted to invest in real estate for the first time. There was aggressive financing for it. So when, the, when everything stopped, that went first. And almost immediately, within like three days, like everything was like, everybody's like, whoa, whoa we're not going to fund these loans anymore. Um, so it just went back. So to, every single deal within three days is like. Yeah, yeah. Like hundreds. We lost hundreds of deals in a few days for, on the investor stuff, you know, the regular everyday person who's trying, trying to buy a home for themselves, all those products are still available, which is a good thing. Like that hasn't changed. The first time home buyer type of stuff. Correct. Yeah, that stuff is still available. But. As an investor, you will basically be able to buy a home up until the last two weeks without having to show your income. Um, we're just showing that the property was going to be able to self-sustain itself. Um, and you were able to buy those properties of the LLCs. Now the whole, that whole game is going to change. And I think we'll see some um, ramifications to the market from that over the next you know, few months to a couple of years. Mm, definitely. Well, e- even me on like a real personal note, um, I was in the process of buying my first home here in Puerto Rico. And we were supposed to close uh, three weeks ago, the week that the lockdown started in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico was the first to lock down. And literally outside my window, freaking house is right over there. It's in my same complex. I'm renting now, and I was getting ready to move into a new construction that's up the street. Yeah. Same freaking complex. Um, and and house is sitting up there empty, and the law says that they're not allowed to do mortgages. Like the governor put the at law all. down at all. All mortgage needs to stop, stop operations. The only business that they want to operate right now is essential services, which is grocery, pharmacy, and medical. So yes. what, what do you do? I mean, the whole economy is on pause. Yeah, it's just on, it's on pause. And that's really the, and for us, um, you know, was up until about this week, we were still doing a lot of refinances because the, market, the rates were low and 
but now, you know, it, we're not selling them. People aren't selling houses and my agencies aren't selling houses, and, um, you know, because everybody's just on pause. And I think everybody at this point really wants to be on pause. We're up until a couple of weeks yeah. and people are still out there, but I think everybody wants to be on pause. But, you know, it's kind of the great unknown right now. And, and what happened is um, Wall Street's not looking to take any kind of long-term risk right now because they don't know what's going to happen. So mm -hmm. all that stuff that was, that was long-term risk, like mortgages, they're like, well, you know, let's, we're, not, we're, not, we're going to wait and see what happens in the next few weeks. So, you know, the government agencies that are still uh, providing financing, like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and FHA, are still business as usual pretty much. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these outside investors are just like, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to wait. We went through this once already. We're not doing it again. Yeah, well, I feel like this could be even worse, especially for, for investors, because aren't a bunch of people, wasn't Trump on TV telling people not to pay their rent? Like, what the hell is going to yeah. happen if you have an investment property, you have a mortgage that's due, you have a small margin, maybe you're making 20% on the, on the mortgage or something, and now you have to flip the bill for the whole mortgage. No, and you hit it on the head for a couple of different reasons. But the biggest thing is, is that over the last like four or five years, real estate's gotten more popular because it was easy to access financing. So you got more and more investors in the market that were willing to work on small margins. They didn't, they didn't need to make a ton of money or need to make, when they flip on a property, need to make big spreads. They were working on smaller margins, kind of like everyday people, not people who were looking to make big hits. Mm -hmm. So now those people are over leveraged and you know, they can't withstand two months without rent payments or three months without rent payments. So you, what you're going to see is there's going to be value to buy properties with those guys because they're going to have to discount those properties to sell them when the market unlocks because then, you know, they're going to have debt and problems and, and too many properties. So that's what I think you see coming next. And there's even, there's a bigger problem that they haven't stepped in on yet, but that may be coming. So when you pay your mortgage, you usually pay your mortgage to a mortgage servicer, that, uh, the person who collects your, your payment. Unless it's like Chase or Wells Fargo or bigger than bank, it's usually a mortgage servicer who collects your payment. That, that bank then pays the agencies. They pay Fannie Mae, they pay Freddie Mac, they pay FHA. If you don't make a payment for your mortgage to that servicer, they still have to make the payments to the government agencies. So now the services were huge. The huge companies oh, wow. are now collecting payments now and they still have to make payments. Now usually it worked itself out. So it's not that big, big of a deal. Yeah. Most people now, don't. Yeah. Oh, one guy it, missed his payment. No problem. The majority pay. Right. So yeah. like now if nobody's paying or there's a big drop in payoff, it becomes an issue. So, you know, they're aware of it, but they haven't spoken about it yet. But you know, if the services fail, which is possible, um, then it'll, it'll have a, a, you know, a ripple effect. But I, you know, I don't think they're going to let that happen, but you know, that, that's kind of where we are right now that this is this uncertainty because they're not, you know, people aren't going to make their mortgage payments. What about the stimulus package? Is, is there anything in there that, that addresses any of this? Not that, not for the residential mortgage companies. They didn't do anything to, to, to address that, which is they were upset about that. They, they addressed a lot of the commercial real estate and the, and the REITs, the real estate investment trust, but not residential real estate. I think that you'll see it come in the next week or so. I think they, they're aware and they have to do it because if they don't, then we're just going to, you know, we could, it could really have a bad effect for a long time. And then what happens? Well, I mean, the bank could take the homes back, but the, do they even have, you can't even, they don't have a, the, there's not a physical apparatus to evict that many people. Like the whole freaking world stops paying their rent. How do you evict the yeah, whole I mean, world? Like, you can't, it's just, <laughs> Depending on the state, it takes months. It could take six months. It could take a year. Yeah. Some people from 2008 are still living in their homes, but they haven't been able to get them out. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. So, you know, it's not like they can't evict people. They're not going to be able to evict people. So right now there's an eviction freeze anyway. But even if they wanted to, they couldn't. There's a um, national eviction freeze, federal level? At least in the state of New York. I'm not sure. In New, New York. New York, okay. 
there's a, there's a three month eviction freeze. So you can't even evict anybody right now. Um, you can't even so, file know, the paperwork. So even hypothetically nah, in three months, you'd have to file and then it's, it's another fucking six months after that. You wouldn't be able to go to court to file the paperwork. So that's a whole other issue. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this. This is why I can't really compare it to anything. And, you know, in my brain, when the market starts back up, real estate will start back up again. And for the most part, it, it won't be, it, it may be a 10% correction. It won't be a 30% correction like 2008. But that's what I think. I don't, I don't know. For, I don't know anything for sure, obviously. Mm. What do you, so you're suspecting that it'll be a 10% correction on real estate prices? Yeah, I think that you'll see, I think you'll see a little bit of reduction on prices because again, a lot of these, a lot of the, the, the newer or inexperienced investors who just got into real estate aren't going to be able to stand this for too long. So they're mm -hmm. going to have to sell their properties under the stress, in my opinion. And with, furthermore, there's a lot of these guys who are doing what, what's called fix and flip. So they were buying a property, they were fixing it, they were flipping it quick. There was lenders for those types of loans. So when you took out that type of loan, the lender would say, all right, um, you're buying the property for 200, it's worth 300. We'll give you $100,000 to do construction, but we're going to give it to you over time. So when you finish phase one, we'll give you 20,000. When you finish phase two, we give you 20,000. The problem is, is that most of those banks went out of business. So now when it comes time for the, they have to get money for the next draw, there's going to be no money. So now you're going to have unfinished projects on properties that they bought that they had very small margins on to begin with. So what's going to happen is they're going to sell those properties under the stress. That'll create lower prices. And I think that in general, you'll see some lower prices overall. The difference between this and 2008 is 2008, we were overbuilt. The whole country was overbuilt. There was too many houses for the amount of people that we that needed to have houses. So when, when the financing stopped, we really had a oversupply and, and under demand. Now I don't think you'll have the under demand. I think there'll still be a lot of people because we were, we were in a shortage still. There was a shortage of housing, new houses being built. So I think that because of that reason, you won't see a huge correction, but I think you'll see something. Mm. What, uh, what do you think the ramifications are gonna be uh, on the rental market? Right, because if all these all these uh, investors are not there, then who are you going to be renting from? You know, you know, this. So I think what you'll see, I think one of the good things, positive things, is what you'll see is a lot of the investors who left the game after fourteen and fifteen because there wasn't enough of a margin for them to make money. Like they weren't making enough money, they left. They went and put their money in the stock market for the last four years, which has been through the roof. Mm -hmm. I think those people, when, when the stock market is in turmoil, and I think the stock market will stay in some turmoil even if this is finished, um, those people go rush to things that are more secure and safe. And real estate is more safe. So I think yeah, real estate, gold, and yeah, exactly. Real estate, gold, exactly. Treasury, back to the basics. Boxes. Yes. Yeah. So they'll go back into the things that are safer, and real estate be one of the things. So I think as many investors as you lose, you'll probably gain a lot back. And I think there'll be a ba there'll be some sort of balance there. Hmm. What, what advice do you have for, uh, for like solo agents, right? Like a lot of real estate agents, they don't, they, they don't uh, have a salary. They're not guaranteed a paycheck. Yeah. Uh, and more, yeah. Mortgage brokers too. So they, yeah. they're on yeah. pause for three months. And, uh, but I'm sure their bills, we were talking about people paying rent mortgages, their, their bills aren't on pause. So what, uh, what advice do you have for agents? I've been holding these once a week webinars to try to like, um, you know, for the local area and I'm doing it once a week on Wednesdays to try to, Hey, this is what's going on. This is what's happened in, in the past. This is what's going on now. This is what I think is going to happen next. And what I've been trying to just preach them, it's all realtors really and loan officers is that um, whatever's going to happen next, you got to be prepared for because as long as houses are being sold and being bought, you're fine. 
It doesn't matter if they're high or they're low, or whatever. As long as there's activity, you're fine. So you just need to be activity again. When activity happens, are you ready? For instance, I think because so many people, you're used to working at home. Most people, not everybody was, you know what I mean? So, but I think this is going to forever change that narrative because now companies have learned how to function at home. People have learned how to function at home. So where it used to be as, and listen, you're a, a really big example of it. You left New York City to move to Puerto Rico because you wanted a better way of life and you had other reasons you were going down, a charitable reasons, but you moved to an area you wanted to live in that didn't necessarily have to be, your, you know, you're not in San Juan. You moved to a place that you wanted to be comfortable that you loved. People aren't going to need to be in commuter town so much in big cities anymore because if they're working from home, then maybe space becomes a big thing again. And maybe they want to live in nice houses again. So like, what I'm trying to tell everybody is look at the history of this. Look at what's going on trends now. and You have to be ready. You still should be educating people out there. So when it does turn, they come to you. But, you know, I, I feel bad for them in a lot of ways because a lot of the, you know, the, the lower income people who are just starting or, you know, they're going to have problems. Um, but I think that, that you just have to be prepared for what it turns to what kind of what's next and, and, and what, what are the trends going to be going forward? Because I think if you get ahead of that curve and you start focusing on those areas and, and those types of buyers and sellers, then you could be, you could be in a, okay. What do you think is going to happen in the New York city real estate market? I don't think that's a 10% correction. No, I think, I think <laughs> you know, they were actually already under pressure for the last, like probably like 18 months where the prices were down. Um, I think New York City is going to, this is going to change it big time. I think the big cities, the big, so what you usually see is cities like New York City and San Francisco go first and everything kind of follows around it. But I think, and I don't think that's the case in this situation. I think those, those cities, those major cities will be special cases and you will see a bigger reduction in prices for sure. Because when there was a crash last time, what saved New York City, even though it was down, is that there was still international money coming in to San Francisco and to New York, because people were still living, when they, oh, there's value in New York, let's go buy there now. Not every economy was as bad as ours. But now the whole world is on freeze. So you, there's nobody to really bail it out this time. So I think that you're gonna see, it'll, that'll become more of a problem for New York City for sure. Big, I think New York City and San Francisco specifically are gonna have big, bigger issues. Well, yeah, and I mean, from a public health perspective, nobody, who the hell wants to live in Manhattan anymore? You're right. Yeah, I, like even me, I'm I'm in a semi-rural area. I'm trying to go farther. I'm like, where's there like a water well and like some solar panels and let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you look like the, the, you look like you're way ahead of the curve at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think this changes how we interact. I think this, you know, this is forever. Go, this is going to change our lives for the rest of our lives, probably. Um, so I think my my, uh, my my business partner is a hedge fund manager, and he moved uh, just recently. He's about to uh, have a baby, and him and his wife, his pregnant wife, they moved out to Long Island. I go, oh, fuck this, we're leaving. They he lived right there in Midtown, and he's out. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, it's scary because I mean, again, and I hate to use the term, but it's like ground zero for this disease in New York City right now. Like it's just there's just so many cases, and it makes sense because. You're so on top of each other. And Subway. Yeah, and it congregates, and you're always out, and people are in bars, and, you know, it just, it kind of makes a lot of sense, but it's scary, for sure. Mm. What do you think, um, what do you think the, the trends, I mean, you, you touched on it a little bit, um, but what do you think the trends in home buying? Do you think that home buying is going to stop? No, uh, I think that people will look for value. You know, I think that people come back in and say, oh, maybe this is a time to buy. Here's the thing that's going to save it. Interest rates will stay very, very low because the government is making sure that's going to happen. They're buying this. They're buying the treasuries. They're buying the bonds. To make yeah, sure I, I text my, my mortgage broker when the shit was first happening. I was like, my, my rate's getting lower right now, right? Like, we were still going to close. And I was like, yeah, we're going to get an extra point or two, right? <laughs> it's helping rates. And rates will stay low 
for the foreseeable future, I think until at least the election. And that'll usually change things a little bit. So I think that, that'll help keep people in. Um, I think there was a big pent up demand before this happened because there was a lack of inventory. So there was a lot of people looking that are just like, whoa, I don't know what I want to do right now. But if they see a stable market, they're still going to have a need for a home. They're still going to want to own real estate long term. You know, if you look at real estate long term, it still outperforms the stock market two to one since 1980, I think. So mm. it's still a good investment long term. So I think you just have to, it depends what you're looking at it as, but I think you'll see less of the short term investors and less of the short term people and more of the long term people on the market. But I think it'll be okay overall. Mm. Um. I want to switch the topic a little bit, um, but keep it on the the real estate space. So solar energy, renewable energy, getting off the grid, right? What type of incentives are there in the real estate industry for like renewables and, and things of that nature? Um, there's some stuff out there where you'll, you'll get rebates. There are some loans that, that will... Um they're green friendly, basically. Like if, if so, if you do those loans, they'll, they'll give you um, there's discounts on the mortgage, there's discounts on the fees. Uh, surprisingly, Anthony, to be totally honest with you, there's n there isn't a lot of it. There isn't, you know, it, there is it, it's out there, it exists, but it's not like it's a popular thing that people, most people know about. It's been brought to me a couple of times, but even being brought to me, it was hard um, to really find financing for it. There are some loans that allow for it right now. Like we, oh, if you want to make your house green friendly. Um, you can do a construction loan and build the cost into it to do it, and you can do it. Um, but it's not – you would think that at this point it would be more of a thing, and it's not. And, and it's funny because I heard them say today that the pollution in New York City and Los Angeles, I think, is like half right now of what it was because nobody's on the roads, nobody's outside. But yeah, there's not enough concentration on it. It's really um, – it's, it's, it's an interesting question, but there's a little bit of it, but not a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, I um... – Solar City, so it's like the company that's owned by Elon and Tesla. You know, they have a whole setup. It works. There's like an app for your phone and everything, and uh, and and it definitely works. I remember, you know, when I was younger, it was more of like a hypothesis. It was like a science experiment. You put those panels on your house, but uh, but no, I mean they they they've created something that works. Um, and I think you know now more than ever, you you want to create a society that's maybe a little less a little bit more decentralized and a little bit less dependent on um on a centralized energy grid a centralized even the water system right like you start thinking about these things like they can the water system stops working people stop going to work and you know what's going to happen your water stops flowing in your house yeah. um yeah, right. uh, we're way too dependent on it you're 100 percent right and where do you see, what do you see where you are at this point now? I mean, are you seeing, is it at all president Puerto Rico at all? Oh yeah. Is, is what, it's like, are they moving towards solar energy or green energy? Are yeah, they, well for sure. But that, that's, uh, that's due to the power outages here. So we lose power. We lost power for a really long time in hurricane Maria. Uh, when the earthquake happened, now this is kind of weird. I, I kind of have a, uh, a gripe with this with the government they turned the power grid off for two days as a preventative measure so imagine that imagine a government official saying all right well there was an earthquake we want to make sure everything's okay so we're just going to turn you guys off and um the island went into quote-unquote what they call maria mode because they're already used to it from hurricane maria and a lot of businesses now have backup generators. A lot of condominiums have backup generators. So certain places will be on, but a majority of the population does not have full backup generators or full solar panels. Yeah. So they turn off 
freaking, you know, 90% of the population just gets turned off because a government bureaucrat says so. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's really crazy. Uh, so over here, there's a solar company. They get their solar panels from, from Elon and Tesla and, and they can do the whole setup. So that's what we were planning to do when we got to the, to the new house, but now we're, we're kind of in limbo. Um, one of, one of the other crazy things that we see down here um, with the shutdown is government, uh, well, grocery stores having the government outside. So having like cops and like SWAT gear in front of the freaking Walmart and these big lines. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like there's a giant line and they're letting in, I guess, a few people at a time into the grocery stores. But it's really, really surreal. And what they just instituted two days ago uh, is alternate day driving. So you can only drive your car three days a week uh, based on the license plate number. That's interesting. Yeah. So you can leave. Technically, you could leave your house, but you would have to leave on foot, I guess. <laughs> but if you want to drive your vehicle on the streets, uh, I guess if you had two cars, maybe you got lucky and you're able to take one yeah. one day and one the other. How, how are you seeing cases down there? Is it a lot, a little? Is it less? It's a little. It's, it's not that. The last it, time I checked cold. the numbers, it was about 50 people on the oh, whole wow. island diagnosed. Um, I think there was one death. So uh, uh, my condolences to, to the family on the one death. Uh, but, you know, like I said, my business partner who lives down here, he got it. And, uh, and he's actually back to, back to normal pretty much. Um, you know, he had it for a week. He had it really bad. I mean, he said that like God saved his life. It's the only reason he's alive. But, uh, but the, the cases are, are very controlled here. Thankfully. Um, I also heard that it doesn't travel that well in the heat. Yeah. They've said that. I know. Yeah. I just feel like you're getting things every day at this point. I don't know what to think. I guess cause there's so many cases here that, you, you know, it's like, so confusing. <laughs> well, well, the other thing, my, bro, my brother's a, a New York City firefighter, and, really? and he thinks he has it. So he just did the test today, and he's, he's pretty sure that he has it. Um, and, uh, Sorry to hear that. Yeah, but he's young. You know, he's, he's yeah. a young guy. Uh, he'll be all right. But, uh, but it's, you know, it's scary. And I think the more people they test, the higher the number goes. So, you oh, know, yeah. they could have had it the whole time, you know. Um, doesn't mean it's spreading that fast, but uh, – but it's definitely no, right. crazy times. I've had four, five people in my family now have it in different places and everybody's got through it, but like it's becoming more common than not, which is crazy. But yeah, it's scary. What do you think's the impact going to be on the commercial real estate market, which I feel yeah. even before this was not its strongest, right? Like yeah. you look at malls, malls are kind of becoming extinct. Uh, you look at big box retailers, uh, like Macy's and Sears and JCPenney and, uh, you know, Toys R Us went out of business last year, you know, so it wasn't, I almost feel like this is the nail in the coffin for some of these uh, big box retailers. Um, but what do you think the effect is, is going to be on, on commercial real estate? I agree with you. I think this is, this is going to be uh, destructive bad for, for that stuff. I mean, I, you know, you're already seeing Cheesecake Factory and Subway and all these, they're saying we're not paying rent already. It came out. We they, they said it. I said it already. They said it. We one, we're not paying rent. So you know, th those are thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> and, and and you know, you know where they go, they go in major shopping centers. So like, they're already saying no, we're not doing anything. Uh, you know, I agree with you. I think I think retail was was already kind of hanging on by a thread, like 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 shopping mall retail and commercial space. I think the commercial market's going to take a huge hit. I think what you'll see with a lot of that space is a lot of a lot of it over time will be end up being repurposed for other things. 
Um, you know, other things that we do use these days, whether it's warehouse space or more Amazon. Things like Amazon. All the malls are going to turn into Amazon fulfillment centers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that this is going to Amazon be will just buy the malls. Yeah. It'll so, be like every store is owned by Jeff Bezos. <laughs> if you go look at the, um, uh, at the commercial, uh, the commercial REIT, so the real estate investment trust that hold commercial properties, mm-hmm. they're getting hit the hardest. And there's, there's really no, there's no reason, you know, that's going to be a big problem. That will be a problem in this country for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think they're going to repurpose all these malls? I mean, there were already like abandoned malls in the middle of the, the country in the Midwest and shit. So what happened, what was happening in San Francisco and I thought it would happen here more than it had it because real estate was so in demand there and there wasn't enough property. They couldn't build anymore. There wasn't enough. So they started turning a lot of the commercial space into residential space, mm. which I really for the last two years thought was going to happen more here than it has. Um, but I think you will see it happen more. And I think even, you know, office spaces now at this point, if you go look at the big companies that, that, that rent the Cushman and Wakefield and all the big companies that rent big office spaces, they're, they're making all those spaces live workspaces at this point now. Mm-hmm. Like they're trans, they're transitioning these places. So yeah. I think you'll see more of the live workspaces. I think you'll see more of, um, again, warehouses are a big commodity. I and mean, it was, it's funny, but it's not like, you know, warehouses are going for a premium at this point now because there's more need for that kind of stuff. But I think they'll, you'll, you'll see a transition into much more residential um, experience spaces um, or, you know, stuff like that. And, and just, it hasn't happened. I really thought it would happen quicker, but it really hasn't happened. It's happened in a few areas, but not everywhere. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I saw um, Kearney Point, which is, a, which is supposed to be a workspace, but there's a couple guys in there using them as live work. I, I, knew, yeah, I knew two or three people <laughs> turned it into live work. There. Yeah, yeah. There was there was this uh this one entrepreneur. He moved from like the Midwest or some shit, and uh, and yeah, he was using it as a studio for a little while. I mean, it, he didn't. That wasn't his full time thing, but for a couple months, he was he was using it as a studio. Um, and I think there is something to be said for that, especially with this whole work home thing that's happening. Right, everyone's getting used to work from working from home. For me, I feel it's kind of prolific. I kind of feel like the ultimate. I told you so. Because now everyone's being forced to do business the way I thought they should have been doing it in the first place. You know, as I think about everybody being home, and this is, you said you were working on stuff in the house, and so have I been working on some other stuff. What I, I personally feel is going to come out the next three months, and you'd be probably a better person to comment on this, is that um, all this great creative work, I feel like, is going to come out of it. Because now everybody's been home, and they've been forced to kind of just focus on themselves and what their passion is, because they can't work, or they can't do this, or they can't do that. So... I think that's when creative minds like tend to, to kind of rise to the occasion. I, I think you may see some really new, cool, creative, whatever it is, come out of this, whether it's inventions or music or movies or art or whatever. I think you'll see some great stuff come out of it that way. Um, I hope that's a positive of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I saw like every personal trainer I know is doing like these Instagram live uh, training sessions. And, uh, and I actually saw one entrepreneur, which he, he did an interesting... Uh, uh, challenge. He like basically didn't delete his social media, but started a new account with like a fake name. And he was like, watch, I'm going to show you how I'm going to like build a personal brand from scratch in 30 days. Like I know a lot of you guys are just getting started. So like, I'm going to show you what I would do. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of interesting like challenges and, and th- work at home, like the uh, uh, at home workouts. Like I saw girls using bottles of water to do squats and all this creative <laughs> Uh, shit that's happening <laughs> you know what though um you know just in general like i just saw a pop up on my phone I think, like an hour ago that southwest uh south by southwest is going to have 
uh, a streamed festival. They're talking about having a streamed festival at this point now. Really? So, I, mean, I just think we adapt, especially, you know, I think we always are going to adapt to what it is. So now that will be the new thing. Like everything's been streamed. Like all these DJs who are streaming and all that stuff. I mean, it's been great. There's been so much, like, there's been so much content. <laughs> it's been great. But because I'm used to watching sports and there's no live sports right now. So there's been so much other content. But, uh, you know, I think that people are adapting already. Like, you know, they're going to have a live concert series. They're gonna, you know, yeah, gonna yeah we brought our TEDx on, online. People were like, you canceling? And I was like, fuck no, we're not can't cancel. That's yeah. not in my vocabulary. Yeah. But you're right, though. Just do it from your home. People still want to do these things. You know? So yeah. it's, I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, what has been the biggest uh, change for you? Um, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, so I, I have an office, uh, as you know, like very, very close to my house. Um, and I've been, been able to go there a little bit because I'm the only person there and I'm still considered an essential business in, in the state. So I've been able to kind of get out of the house and go to the office and back and forth. But usually my life consists of, because I have 28 offices in all different states and I'm usually in the car or in meetings. So my focus has really just become as I get up, I exercise at home. I, I go to the office and I come home and I'm home every night and whether I work from home or whatever, but I'm getting a lot of work done. And I honestly feel like for me, besides the stress of this craziness, yeah. it's been a little bit of a refresher because I'm, I'm not so run down from running all over the place. I've gotten a really chance to focus on the stuff I wanted to focus. And to be totally honest with you, I've really made a lot of progress for myself over the last couple of weeks, just being, having more time to do it. Um, and again, maybe something you figured out a long time ago that I'm starting to figure out now, but uh, from my purposes, it's been good because I've been pulled in a lot less direction. So I've told myself, and at the very beginning of it, and I didn't have an experience with this, but I had an experience with, in 2007, 2008, when the mortgage business crashed and real estate crashed, and I really lost everything. I went from like having a lot to having nothing. And I was very, I was ill-prepared and I, I did a really, really poor job of kind of like preparing for anything that could happen. So, but when it happened, um, instead of ch adapting and changing I was kind of banging my head against the wall, just trying to like keep going down the same path that wasn't working anymore. I, I didn't know enough to adapt at that point. Um, and then it, it kind of became a dark place where I like, then I couldn't move and I didn't know what to do. And it was just like, it took me a long time to really dig out of it. And I made some bad choices in digging out of it, but eventually I got out. So this time when this happened, I said, you know what? Um, and I'm in a different financial position, so it, that's part of it. But um, I was like, I'm not gonna stand still this time. I'm gonna adapt. I'm gonna look for different things to do. I'm gonna change course. So as everything else changes, that I'm changing with it, I'm not standing still. So at the end of this, when we come out of this, it's not like, man, what did I do? I just lost two months of my life. You know, what? Mm. Uh, you know, as I got older and I had little kids now and stuff like that, time has become very, very important to me. So even as time is freezing, I feel like I can't stand still. I got to try to adapt the best way I can. So I'm not like, I'm not sitting still. So I think for me, in a lot of ways, it's been positive because I've had to change my style almost. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, and I think that, a lot of people are waking up. A lot of people are like, and, and that's actually something that I say uh, on these, these live uh, calls is, okay, who are you going to be in 30 days, right? All right, you're stuck in the house, but who are you going to become in 30 days? Uh, I freaking lost like 10, 15 pounds. I'm on a strict diet. Uh, thank God we got a treadmill in the house and, and I got some weights and I got a whole freaking gym downstairs. I'm like, I'm focused. I'm in the zone. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Improving myself, thinking about, you know, who am I going to become? What are my goals? And, and less distractions. Even me that I always worked in the house, I would still go out. We would do a lot of dining. I'm saving thousands of dollars. A day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and we would, you know, we would go out and enjoy ourselves, which, you know, I'm, I am in a way looking forward to getting back to that at some point. Um, but it's also made us appreciate being in the house 
uh, we're cooking and cleaning together. The cleaning service isn't coming. So it, now we have to all chip in and we have to make it work. And, uh, and we're cooking at home. Like we, I barely, I would cook breakfast sometimes, but we didn't really cook that often. Now we're like cooking full meals and, and really just appreciating the house, making the house our, our sanctuary because we have to. Um, but really it should be, right? Well, why should you be out, um, you know, spending all this money when you could make your house the best place that it could be? No, I think you're right. I think, I think it's made us thankful and appreciative of what we have more than ever. Um, you know, but some people it's harder than others when the money stops. And I, and I get that part of it too. But I, you know, I just think that whatever it is, you got you have to adapt and you got to figure out. And, and I, I love what you said, you know, I'm exercising, I'm eating home. And I feel that way too. I still spend the other day. They're like, how do you feel? I'm like, honestly, besides mentally how stressful this is, I was like, I feel great. I feel physically, I feel great because I'm eating better. I'm sleeping more. I'm, you know, I'm just like, it's just, I feel it's, it's really been a refresher for me in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, what are some things that you're grateful for in, in these times? Um, it's really, it's a really good question. So, uh, you know, um, I think that I'm grateful that I have a, a better understanding on what my purpose is. You know, I think that, uh, you know, my purpose really changed, um, over the last like seven or eight years. And again, kids kind of changed things a little bit, but I became much more, uh, concerned about what my legacy, what I was building for a legacy than rather than what I was building financially. Um, and I, and I think even to a point where, and I'll use this as a, as a good example. I, in 2008, I went through this, this housing crash, right? I keep bringing that up, but it was a big moment in my life because um, I think subconsciously, I made this like subconscious agreement with myself after 2008, right? That I was going to, I just wanted to be comfortable again with money. I didn't say it out loud, but in my brain, it's just like, just get comfortable, get comfortable. So, I, you know, I work my butt off and I get comfortable and um, comfortable enough where I was just going to work every single day. I was collecting a good paycheck and... I was not doing that much at some point. Like I was like, and like, it was, this is a few years back and I started to realize like, why am I so unhappy? Like you have money in the bank now, you don't have to worry about the market question, whatever it is. And I started to realize that I'm unhappy being comfortable. Like I need to be challenged on a daily basis. And it wasn't about the money. It was about getting myself uncomfortable again. So, um, you know, then it became, I was like, well, money is a motivator, but it's not the only motivator. So what are you doing? So then what am I building for my kids and the people that are following me and the people that I'm leading? So it's become more about legacy. So even as this happened, I'm grateful that I have people looking to me for direction and advice and, and whatever it is to try to help them get through this. Um, because that's, you know, that's what I feel like my purpose is at this point now to kind of help people avoid the potholes that I went through. And at the same time, to try and improve myself a single day, just kind of like maximizing my time every single day. So I'm really grateful for um, being where I am, where, where I can, I can feel good about helping other people every single day. And, and at the same time, improving myself. Definitely. I love that. Yeah. I, it's so funny that you say uh, that you got to that high point where you we're like, oh, I'm making money, but I wasn't happy. Literally, our same guest from yesterday said the same thing. He was like, I was chasing. I was like chasing seven figures and I wanted, you know, passive income. He had some real estate uh, and, and things were going in and stuff like that. And he was like, I got to this point and I wasn't happy. And I was like going on vacation for three months at a time. And he was like, and I realized, oh, shit, it wasn't the money I was chasing. Um, it's almost like the work is its own reward. And that's why you have to make sure that you're doing things that you love. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you know, again, I, I just think I wanted to be comfortable so bad again. I got comfortable and I was like, well, this isn't it. I was striving to get here and then I got here and this isn't, this isn't where I want to be. I need to, I need to be uncomfortable. So, uh, yeah, for sure. 
Very cool. Um, in marketing, I know you've used uh, press and marketing and social media to, to build your brand. Uh, what advice do you have for, for people, I guess, in general, and then also like in times like this? Um, you, you know, I, I kind of like, and this is an old to you too, because I've learned some of this from you as well, but I think um, I'm very, I'm trying to be community driven at this point now, whereas I feel like even through my social media that if I provide value to the community without expecting money from it, that value comes to it and, and eventually business comes to it if I provide the right value. So I think that the focus, what I do, what I try to do with my social media is, is even I'm in real estate, whatever, but is to help that community or to help whatever community I am and provide free value. And then through that free value, I get business and people want to work with me and, and, and ends up building business. But I think if I put value first, um, free, you know, even free value first that, that, that people will come to me for business and, and it's helped me build my business and my brand. So I, I think more than anything, that's the lesson I've learned. And, you know, I've seen what you did with, with Disrupt Puerto Rico and all the stuff you've done. And you kind of have a very similar style, whether you, you realize it or not, you're doing, you're, you're putting, you put a lot of free information out there. Like you really give a lot of people a lot of free stuff. I um, mean, I think through that people kind of flock to you is like, you're the guy. Like the Puerto Rican Bernie Sanders over here. <laughs> <laughs> you're giving out laptops last yeah. week when Corona hit. <laughs> yeah, you know, no. people, you're the guy to speak to that. You're the connector and you're the guy who's like, yeah. Hey, I need to get this. How do I get it? You know what I mean? Like, all right, well, I can put you, I can, I, I'm in that business or I can put you in that business or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I've been really good at just focusing on the long game and not, not being so short-sighted. I see a lot of entrepreneurs. They're so short-sighted. They, uh, um, they give you something and before they like, Imagine I'm, I'm handing you something and before they even hand it to you, they have their hand out like at the exact same time. And it's just like, okay, like I got it, you know, but, um, so I've, I guess I've experienced that on the, on the receiving end. Um, and, uh, and I think, listen, we're all human. So, so, you know, part of human nature is self-preservation. Um, but I'm just, I'm grateful that I'm, uh, in the position to give. In, in certain ways. And, and I don't do it alone. I have a team of people and people that donate to these GoFundMe's and these things that we put up. Um, uh, shout out to Workville. Workville helped us raise a lot of money this year uh, for the laptops. But I think I'm much more focused on the long-term uh, legacy, the long-term strategy. You know, how can I build a brand that's going to last longer than me. I know that any type of money, monetary games, there's ups and downs there. But the thing that's going to last long is my reputation, who I am, um, who people know me for. Um, and, and I think you're the same way. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think I'll lose money. My reputation is always my, the most important thing to me because I realize I'm the same thing. I'm a very long-term thinker, almost to a detriment sometimes because when there's uncertainty long-term, I get very uncomfortable. So I got to, you know, sometimes I have to adjust, but... um. I agree. I think that reputation is always the smallest thing. You're better off losing in the short term and winning in the long term. And uh, I'll never, um, if somebody borrows a thousand dollars from me and you know, for whatever reason they can't pay me back. And I'm just going to use this as a small example. It, it doesn't make me big sense for me to make a big deal out of it. Sometimes it's okay to let the thousand dollars go because they're going to have their story. I'm going to have my story. They're going to say, Oh, he owed it to me. And I'm just like, you know, sometimes I'm just like, doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah, it's a thousand dollar loss, but what did I gain in the long term? What did I gain in five years from now? And that, that, that didn't affect my reputation in a bad way. So, you know, I think that um, it's always important to think long term, especially when it comes to your reputation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think sometimes you'll, you might spend a thousand dollars, you might spend $10,000 worth of energy trying to yeah. chase. <laughs> That's uh, an amazing statement. 
your time is more valuable than anything and you really just hit it on the head. How much, how much space did it rent in your brain and for how long and how much money did that really cost you? You know what I mean? So like you hit it on the head, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm dealing with that, with, with something like that right now where, you know, I paid some freaking guy online to do something and he didn't do it. And um, my girl's like, no, you have to keep chasing him. I was like, why? I'm going to gonna lose like $100,000 in energy chasing this one guy for 1500 bucks. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, it's fine. Sometimes you got to write it off. It stinks. But listen, nobody, and, and, and I know your fiance is in the stock market and, and, and just in general, nobody always buys at the top and sell, you know, I mean, uh, sells at the top and buys at the, at the bottom. Nobody does it. You know, sometimes we're going to lose. Nobody's yeah. in foul. So we all take losses. <laughs> I take losses every day still. Uh. Well, well, Ralph, thank you uh, so much for your time. We have uh, one question that we ask all our guests, and that is, what does disrupt mean to you? Um, disrupt for me means kind of um, getting out of my, my comfort zone and doing things um, to help myself grow in different areas. That, not that I, whether I'm afraid of it or I didn't do it before or whatever, concentrating my time on, on building something that'll help me build, build myself or all those person and the people around me. Um, that I may not have to do, or I may have been scared of, but I think disrupt means to kind of disrupt my, my own being to, to, to become better. I love that. Um, if people want to connect with you uh, on social media, they want to learn more about what you're doing, where's the best places to do that? Uh, Instagram's the best for me, and it's debug, it's D-I-B-U-G, um, and that's really the best place to get me. Amazing. Ralph, thank you so much again for, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.